following presentation was recorded live by the Jewish Ethics Institute. So, last week we discussed a fascinating topic, um, which was, the question was, that we discussed last week was, you had a surgeon, this is a true case in Israel, took place that a surgeon who uh, claimed, came to the rabbi and said, he, before his sur- every time before surgery, he only could do the surgery properly and, cor- and a good surgery if he has a cigarette first. So his question was, um, on Shabbos, which of course for the surgery, you're allowed to do surgery on Shabbos to, to save the patient's life, is he allowed to have a cigarette before surgery on Shabbos? Because a cigarette is lighting a fire and puffing it, every puff you're, you're burning up the cigarette. So it's a, viola- it's a biblical violation, smoking on Shabbat. So the question was, is he allowed to smoke a cigarette before surgery on Shabbat on the claim that he will perform better um, without the cigarette, well, with the cigarette? That was, that was what we discussed last week. Yeah, it's just so a technical issue. Every time you puff it, you're not really lighting a fire. No, but, but the, the halacha is, the Jewish law is, that if, even if you have an existing flame and I then... Um, stoke it or... Stoke it, or right. Or bur- okay, or so that, that's called right. ma'am. The Torah says, do not kindle a fire on Shabbat. Okay, so the assumption is anytime you make a fire bigger, even if I transfer from one right. to another, say yeah. I have an existing candle, and I now light up another candle from that candle, that's, that's also a biblical violation. violation. Yeah, or if you add more fuel even to the existing can. Okay. That I'm, I'm sorry to hear that some of the people I thought were most from, I saw them light their cigarette from the Shabbat candles. Yeah, so that's on the holiday. Oh, yes. On Yantif, on the holiday, you're allowed to, the Torah allows um, fire. Only on Yantif. Only on Yantif. Now, now I don't remember if it's Yantif or Shabbat. And I thought at the time as a teenager, I thought this is against the spirit of the law. But I guess I was right. I no, so if it's young, depends if it's young of Shabbat. I was telling you what people used to do when I was in yeshiva, people who smoked, um, unfortunately. So they would, they were so addicted, they would take a bottle before Shabbat. <laughs> They'd smoke cigarettes, blow the smoke into like a Snapple bottle, fill it up with smoke. And then on Shabbat, they'd open the bottle, suck in the smoke. If you had a, if, if one of your non-Jewish friends was smoking, I guess you couldn't puff on his cigarette because you'd be right, lighting a you fire. Can, you can have him right, blow, right. blow smoke in your, in your face. <laughs> in your face. <laughs> you could take a nicotine pill. So anyway, so that was the question. Yes, yeah, today they have patches. I mean, it's a whole, you know, different story. It's interesting. What about those electronic cigarettes? I don't know how they work as far as Shabbat because you're not, it's not real. It's just a battery operated. So it might I be less have. problems with Shabbat. But I, I, don't, from, I would have to tell him he needs to get over himself. Surgery. Yes, he needs to get over himself. No, but, yes. but he, he's, they we're talking about someone who's truly addicted, clearly, and he's saying he, he can't do the surgery properly without, have, without having the calming effect of the cigarette. So listen, I, don't, I never, I mean, I've never, I've, I've smoked in my life, never inhaled. Um, so sure. So uh, <laughs> I can't uh, test, we don't, I don't know if we understand the addiction of it, but there are people who are truly well, addicted, they need it to calm, to, to calm them. It's the worst addiction that there is. I never. Worse than it, chocolate? Yeah. I don't or think so. Alcohol, it's heroin. No, it's considered. It's considered harder to get off of it than any other addiction. I've read that many times. That could Most be. I don't know. I don't, I don't believe it. It's irrelevant. I mean, it's not irrelevant to the question. But the, but that was the question we discussed it last week. We're going to review it in this current question. So today's question is related. 
um, and as we'll see, we're going to use the principles of last week, apply them. So we're going to review that question in the current response. And this again, we're using the book of Rabbi Zilberstein. I just was in Israel. I received, I bought this five-volume set, which is classes given to doctors by this rabbi in Israel. Fascinating stuff. So these are actual cases. So today's question is actually it's beautiful. It happens to be, I don't know if you saw the news yesterday. This, uh, this doctor, Red Duke. Red Duke, which I had never heard of till yesterday. I guess I was. Uh, dead. Yeah. So this. He was Dr. more Red Duke. active. He was already a very old fellow. He was more active. So Red Duke died yesterday, yesterday, I believe, or the day really? before. Really? Yeah. yeah. He was the inventor of uh, his one of his claims to fame. He had many claims to fame. One of them. Um, was that he invented life flight. So he had Memorial, uh, Her- Memorial Herman System, Royal Hospital and Medical Center, where you have uh, helicopters transporting patients because he, and I saw an interview with him where he said that the reason why he invented it, he invented this concept, which I assume I don't really know, understand what the big thing is. It existed obviously in military situations and mass. Yeah. But I'm saying he invented it in urban areas that you have some, he said he saw many patients who came into the emergency room who died only because of the lack of response time because they didn't make it to the hospital in time. So he invented this concept of having a helicopter um, that picks up patients straight and uh, having a heliport on top of the hospital where they could actually deliver the patient straight from the from the scene of the trauma to to the hospital. So he saved, he said countless, countless lives were saved based on this uh, concept. Um, we don't really don't know how many lives were saved but we're assuming Probably hundreds, um, if not thousands, of lives over the years were saved. And they first started, they had the helipad right next to some patient rooms. And every few seconds, you know, you hear the, <laughs> my God, the patients went crazy. That's, they had to uh, close hey, That should rooms. be the worst problem. But the point is, so, we have, so first of all, we're going to do this class in his memory. He sounds like he was a great person. Never got to meet him. But the question is actually related somewhat, to, and I'll explain. So the question posed today is somewhat in similar vein of Lassie's question, which was a doctor who was, um, this was during, I believe, the Lebanon War, 1989. So I'm assuming this was during the Lebanon War as a doctor. First Lebanon War. A doctor who First was... First Lebanon War was 82, I think. Oh, okay. So then I don't know what... I think... Maybe it's 69. I don't know my Hebrew date so well. 82 was the first one. Yes, 82. So this was... One second. So it's 80, this is 1989. So I don't know what, what was happening in 1989. Um, something was happening in Israel at the time, um, in the winter months of 89. So this doctor was working as a field doctor in the army. Um, and he was doing surgeries in the field. I'll read the story in a second. And his question was um, to the rabbi: Was he he was obviously uh, taking 24-hour shifts? He wasn't sleeping much, um, but he felt like he needs to get one night's sleep for the weekend just to go home to sleep in his own bed, to get eight hours of sleep in his own bed. So the question was: He wanted to be flown by helicopter on Shabbat just to sleep in his own bed. I was meaning he could stay there, slept in a tent. Um, the question was, he felt like in order to for him continue to perform at optimum level, the surgeries he was doing in the field, he needs to sleep in his own bed, to take a helicopter home to do it. So, so, so besides the, obviously, 
Israeli army has to deal with the monetary considerations, but that's not our issue. The, the, the budgetary constraints. The issue was here, halachically, he posed the question to the rabbi, can he do that? Can he fly on Shabbat in order just to have a good night's sleep um, to be able to perform better surgery the next morning? So that was his question. Well, so what would you say? Let's, let's read the question, then we'll give it to the floor. So, so here, we're, ta- we're on um, top of the page here. Mm-hmm. So the, the title of this, uh, this is um, chapter 292 of his, of his questions. So he says, To fly on A surgeon, a field surgeon, from the, from the battlefield, in order for him to be able to sleep in his own. In order that he should be able to continue to heal soldiers. Um, that's the date, as we said, the month of Tevet, 1989. He takes out the name of the rabbi he was sent to. And this is the letter, the actual letter the doctor sent to the rabbi. Um, as an as a army Doctor, he didn't name Mishamish Ata Bismana Muhamma. I am serving in time of war. Bitafkid Minatech Kravi as my job is as a field surgeon. Nimsa Bistakrav, I am found in the in the battlefield, Bimeshach Shwa Shalem for a week straight. Bizyatishmaya with God's help, Zahisi Zahiti Lirape Ulatil Khailim Rabim. I was I merited to uh, save and heal many soldiers. Ella Shamahmat Riboha Kravot because of the many um, attacks and fights, many battles that are taking place. I have not been able to sleep a one one uh, one relaxed sleep as of yet. And I feel myself if I don't get a relaxed sleep in the bed of my house for at least eight hours straight I won't be able to continue my duties. Okay, that was his question. Shalti, so I asked, I'm asking, is it permitted to fly on Shabbat with a helicopter? This is the connection to Red Duke. Right, so am I permitted to use a helicopter to fly home on Shabbat from the battlefield to my house? In order that I can sleep, to be able to continue my duties of healing soldiers afterwards. So what do you say? Well, you know, Dr. Red Duke was a great man. He used those helicopters, he decided, that these helicopters could take injured people to the hospital. Because I know from Red Duke personally, Red Duke liked to play, play, liked to play, go out and enjoy his life. And he liked to play blackjack. And should Red Duke, have, did Doctor and Mrs. Duke take the helicopter to Grand Casino from Herman Hospital to well, that's Grand a Casino? That's Kishara? a different question. No, 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 I mean, no, I'm, I'm a very good question. We've had, we, we, we're going to discuss that. I'm, 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 I'm getting to my point. He's, oh, this, this is. This oh, is you say you're form. asking. You're saying there's a different problem here. You're throwing yeah. in. It's interesting. I'm, I'm getting throwing no. in a whole different factor no, in, in the question. Yeah, you know, explain what you're asking. I think what you're asking is. You're saying, since Mark is asking that, no, this is another issue. Forget the Shabbat issue. He's asking, halachic issue, can he travel on Shabbat to get a good night's sleep? Can he violate Shabbat to get a good night's sleep? Mark is saying there's a whole different issue. If he's using an army helicopter that's usually used to transport wounded, he's going to use it to to fly to Jerusalem from Lebanon. So there's a whole different problem. You're taking that out of service. Now a soldier might need it on Shabbat. 
And then and, it's, it's and, a whole and, different and question. And then the that's net, no, but question. there's another question. That's just just getting into this issue is that for his comfort, if I if I know from from civilian practice. If you're an obstetrician, you have to do a delivery on Shabbat. You drive to the hospital, and if you oh, finish your you delivery, left. then you got to stay till Shabbat is over or walk home. That's not so simple. That's I not mean, so simple. You know, enough is enough. Get a take a Tylenol and get over yourself. You're not, there's, there's a reason. There's a reason why we have a Shabbat, and the Shabbat is to be kept when it except when to save a life. But for your convenience, so that you want to get a good night's sleep, get so over yourself. So the hey, point. That's. I That's was getting side. there. Yeah. I was started yeah, with so an absurdity to make my no, point. No, so I'm not sure. That, first of all, I'm not sure the first thing you said is an absurdity. And I'll explain. I'm not sure the, even your first part of the question is even to play golf. Meaning, his claim is my sleeping in, in my house is not just a convenience. It's not a luxury. I need this to continue doing a good job as a physician. Mm, tell, that okay? to the, tell that to the rabbi that hasn't been up all night in surgery. Maybe he'll <laughs> believe you. But don't tell it to me. <laughs> Well, do you do good? I'd say the answer is no, we cannot. No, that's the answer. Okay, so we're on his point. Well, meaning, we're in meaning agreement you think on it's something. an absurd. What I'm saying is, it's not such an absurd, absurdity if you think about it. Meaning, uh, let's take a different scenario. So, I, you know, meaning, the point is like this. If I, assuming we can ascertain that he truly needs, he can't perform his duties without sleeping eight hours in his bed, right, maybe he should get over it. That was really awesome. said that last week. We'll talk about it. You could put an earplug. Getting over it, you know, the, the, the cigarette. Meaning, you would say the same thing with the cigarette, right? Yeah. Get over get it. Get over yourself. Right. Yeah. So, so you're right. That's one side of the coin. And we did discuss that last week, and we'll, we'll get back to it in a second. But the truth is, let's say it's tr it's 100% true. We had a guy met a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist said this guy cannot continue unless he sleeps eight hours. In that scenario, then that's part of saving a life. It's not. No, let's say he couldn't get over it. Let's say this guy's a, not a, he's an idiot. He can't get over it. Okay, he really cannot continue. He's he's not going to function if he's if he doesn't have his eight hours sleep. He can't, whatever reason. You might not like him, you might not agree, but he can't get over it. So in that scenario, the question is now, can we violate Shabbat? His argument is, he's saying, listen, that is part of saving my life. I, you're right, just as I need, you know, let's say I wouldn't have the tools I need. I, I wouldn't have the scalpel. I got to go, go buy a scalpel. So I'm allowed to do that on Shabbat, even though it's not the surgery. Buying the scalpel is not saving the life. But I need that in order to save the life. So I need my bed in order to save my life. I need my cigarette in order to save my life. That's his argument. So you might think, yes, he's, he's a, he's a I'll, puny I'll, surgeon. I'll, I'll, it's one of these new surgeons who can't, you know, uh, I'll buy into the, the fact that you need to have your tools. You can't, you can't do this, save someone's life without... So his tools, tools is eight hours of sleep. Why he needs, can't, he's, why uh, he's, can't he's, he go on a, on a day other than Shabbat to get his eight hours of sleep? Yeah, but right now, he needs to be back in the morning. And it's Friday, it's Friday at 7 p.m. After Shabbat started already in the, in the winter, he's saying, "I need I need my eight hours of sleep in my bed." You could go home Sunday. <laughs> no, he's saying, home "In order for me to do surgery tomorrow, I need to sleep eight hours in my bed." It, it might be you might not agree with the with the. Uh, you might think he's a lousy doctor, but let's say he's saying, "I you, you know this is my this is the facts of my life." Listen, you know you might be a better doctor and and can get over it. I can't get over it. Okay. I think this case is somewhat different than the last one, because the man last time had a specific addiction. Last time he means a cigarette. Yeah, the because cigarette, and it's difficult to find a substitute for that. Yeah. This one, I think there are other alternatives available. Yeah. You could he could drug himself. He's a doctor. He can That's drug true. himself and go to sleep in in uh, in the uh, camp. Secondly, 
it's a wartime situation, but a little bit different. Yeah. There's greater incentive for him to get over it. That he and it, he may have to accept in a wartime situation that you're not going to function at full capacity. That's just the way it goes. Because yeah, but he has the option. He's saying to to function at full capacity if I'm, he gets his bed. Uh, well, that's his claim. Now, I, I'd say that's a spacious now, claim to begin with. And if I were a rabbi, I'd say, well, I'd need a lot of proof that that's really true. Oh. So I don't think it's comparable because the tobacco addiction is a specific thing for which there is really not a substitute. So it's either allow him to do it or get over it. Here you have other options. So I think I'd be not as lenient in terms of letting him fly back. Yeah. Then, then comes to the next issue, which I guess I inadvertently brought up about using the helicopter for your pleasure, yeah. which right. is what so I that's was a different thing, to. Which, which if, as you said, now, that new helicopter is being used for his pleasure. And that could that he's what saying it's not his a pleasure. Life he's saying I need it to save but my life. My point but, is, but that say, but kid yeah. gets hurt and he needs to be. No, but he has a valid point. In the yes, sense he does. No, let's say let's say the guy says, in order for me to do the surgery, I need to play around the golf. Yeah, you know, right. first yeah, I, mean, I need well, to go. Well, we, I need to go to jacuzzi. Right. I need to go to Hawaii for a couple of hours. To I need to go to the beach and just chill out. So where do you draw the line? Meaning, like you're saying, there's there's addiction, cigarette smoking. Then you're saying you're saying the next level is, okay, guy needs his bed. Then you could take it to another level. Yeah, I need course. to play around the golf before yeah. I. Yeah. I'm sure he, there are many surgeons who will claim he's that. He's only harming right. himself. Claim this that. There are many surgeons who will claim yeah. they need to play around the golf I before they surgery. He's only harming himself with the cigarette. Uh, for, uh, but okay. uh, but, but with the, with taking the helicopter to Jerusalem, so to be having a comfortable bed with yeah. his wife and two lovely children, uh, and have a lovely dinner, that that a kid could get hurt and need to be medevaced back to Jerusalem. And so where's that's the a, that's helicopter? That's a different issue. Can we get to that? Well, it's um, part of the same it's problem. A, it's clearly, that doesn't seem to be an issue, at least here. Meaning, could be they have many houses. It's the army; they have uh, disposable money. You know, it's not. Says Israel in 1989. It's not. There are other helicopters you can make that. Yeah. So it doesn't seem like that wasn't addressed here. It's a, it's a valid point. If there was one helicopter which we had, that's question of that's a question of priorities. So then you get into a whole uh, question of really prioritizing. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? for triage. Triage, because that's mm -hmm. a different that's a different issue. Meaning, this guy says the surgeon says he needs the, the in order to perform a surgery he needs to use the helicopter. And they're saying, well, we might need it for a patient. So that's a good question of triage, which you're right. In a situation where we're faced with using the helicopter to bring in a patient or him going to his bed, obviously we're going to choose to take the I patient. Think, I think there's another issue here, which is uh, in wartime, and he's saying it's wartime. I don't know what war was going on. But to allow a surgeon to go home to get a good night's sleep, it sends the wrong message during war. It's like well, the other doctors. Uh, right. I mean, no, nobody is operating at full right. capacity. I mean, so while he has a valid point, and you would like him operating at optimal efficiency, it's an unrealistic yeah. goal. Nobody's operating at it. Yeah, but, uh, but I don't know, when it comes to Bikuach Nefesh, with saving a life, I'm not sure that's applicable. I mean, if we, like you're saying, we have limited resources, we only have one helicopter, so then you play I'm that sure role. But he's saying, listen, it's wartime, we have a helicopter sitting here doing nothing, we have three of them it's here. Just I'm it's just going to have my own bed. It's just many factors. I think there's a and lot of reasons why I would say no in this case, and unlike the tobacco case where, you know... So you're, you're more pro the smoking. And what about yes, more pro. It's, it's a physical bed. addiction. This is a physical problem in part because he needs sleep, obviously. But there are ways around it. You can drug him. You can seclude him. You can do all sorts of things other right. than flying so, him so home. So the other, I'll just, I just want to play devil's advocate because I think he might bring that up here. The other argument is the opposite to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. you know, Shelley's saying between these two questions of cigarette smoking or my own bed, 
he's saying it's faster permit the cigarette than the bed. In a certain sense, I'll, I'll tell you the other side of the argument. The other side of the argument is, like he said before, addiction, get over it. Listen, you have an addiction, that's not, you know, you can get over it. You, you that's not our problem. Get over it. Sleeping is, is something that everyone needs. Everyone needs sleep to live. In your own bed? Yeah, no, I say, need a you thousand need, you need, Everyone count. needs, sleep is, not, is, a, is something that's what's called shovel nefesh. Every person, human nature is, if you don't sleep, you're going you're gonna to well, not be on your optimal level. Right? Agreed. There's so, no, no opposed, so, that. So, that, so you can't tell you get over it. Listen, this is part of human. Part of being human is but we need sleep. the issue is not... A cigarette smoking, get over it. No, this is not an <laughs> issue of whether you should get sleep. This is, I need it in my own bed. <laughs> That's <laughs> the part. Let's change, okay. let's change this story a little. Suppose he didn't need to sleep in his own bed with his wife and, you know, and the kids, you know. He, he didn't say anything about his wife. He needed, he needed his <laughs> girlfriend's bed. <laughs> wasn't going on. Would you? Would you then? You know, he needed. Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, that's a, what that's about, a valid question. It's all a valid question. What about he said I need a thousand thread count sheet? Yeah. Where's right. this gonna end? So you're right. So where do you? Where do you? You're right. I, I mean, it's it's a, a waffle. Listen, no, like, like a I'll, get, I'll just give you a bit, like a like now the some of the videos he's been sending out lately. Right, it just shows Obama golfing. He's like took the money. You know, they always. Playing presidents on vacation during Benghazi, like every crisis, they show the president golfing, and so I'm not sure what we're saying is basically it's not is that something is that something to complain about? Listen, you know, it's a very stressful job being president. So there, you, you in order for him to do an optimal job as president, he needs to if he needs his outlet. Everyone needs a certain outlet. You can't have someone working 24/7. I'm, I'm just giving because I'm not I'm not defending the president. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. I'm just bringing. <laughs> I'm just bringing that as an example. Meaning, you're right. Where do you draw the line? But you understand, as meaning, uh, right? Someone uh, like let's take an IRS example, right? So the guy claims I'm going to take my uh, my vacation as a deductible. Why? Because that I need that. You know that vacation in order to work. So it's a business expense. The advantage right? of CMA. Right? Where do you where do you draw the line? Right? Where do you draw the line? You're right. It's a question of where you draw the line, but there is a validity to making the claim that I can't function as a rabbi unless I go to, to on my vacation, you know, unless I go on a cruise. I need my cruise, you know, once a year, two weeks off in order for me to function as a rabbi. I, I've never been on well, a cruise. Well, I mean, yet. it is a valid. I'm saying, it right? Is. So there is some validity. There is, there the question is just where you draw the line. You agree that a person needs a break. And he needs an outlet, or else he can't. He's not going to function 24/7, 365 days. There is some validity, but I think it depends on the circumstance. Another president who was chastised for golfing a lot was Dwight Eisenhower. He was a big golfer. You're too young, perhaps, to remember this. But it was a slightly different circumstance. This was a guy who was supreme commander of Allied Force in World War II. No one was going to deny him his vacation. This is a guy they knew he could deliver. The optics were not as bad as, say, Obama, where he seems indecisive and, and is criticized for other things. So, but I, I wouldn't, I'm not one of those who would deny him his golf. If he needs that to function as president, so be it, just like with Eisenhower. Yes. But it is a, it, it, it's applicable to this situation because in wartime, I think, you have to be a little bit more uh, careful Flexible. about the optics of the situation. To have a helicopter fly a surgeon home so he can sleep in his own bed. I mean, what does that say to the other surgeons, the other soldiers? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just not... And you've made this distinction before that you don't risk your life, except maybe in wartime, where a soldier's exposed and you can go rescue him, even though you might be risking your life because it's wartime. I think this, that's an important element of this case, I think. Well, I didn't get the last thing.
you said, for example, you don't ordinarily don't put your life at risk, but in wartime, those rules right. don't yes, apply. Yes, I say the rules change in wartime. And I think this is applicable here. Well, yes, ideally, you would get a good night's sleep in a wartime. This would not be good for the morale of the military. Right, so that's a different question again. And then why aren't Shabbat? Why aren't Shabbat of all ties? Yeah. You can't yeah, but that's his case. The case was he uh, was Friday take night. Tuesday night off? No, so that was his case. to ride on the helicopter? His case is he's saying he needs to go home. It's Friday night now. He needs to go home. That was the situation. But but uh, it's interesting. I'll just tell you from the from the Musser viewpoint. There's a like, just give you another example. Like even so, what they talk about in in the ideal situation as Jews, we're sp- everything we do should be for the sake of of God. So what does that mean? It says meaning every action we do. So let's say you're eating a good juicy steak. You're in a restaurant, kosher, of course, eating good juicy steaks. So well, I can eat that steak for two reasons. I can have the steak because I like steak and I, you know, I enjoy the steak. Or, in my mind, meaning obviously it's a very high level of... It's brain uh, food. No, I'm saying right. I need the steak in order for me to function, to me to go, be a good husband, to be a good father, to, to come to Minion in the morning, to go to Shalom Shabbat. I need to have my outlet. I need it. So I'm eating the steak now. So now eating the steak becomes a mitzvah. In service so it's of God. If you're, right. Meaning if and I'm just eating a steak, future. if I'm just eating a steak because I enjoy steak, so then okay. So you're like any animal. You're, you're, it's fine. You're, you'll have to have a good time in life. But that's nothing. But, that, but you can elevate that action of eating steak and even elevate the steak by eating it for the sake of men, meaning for the sake yeah, of service. I, I just went so I'm saying, so this guy is sleeping in his bed, he's saying, because I need to be a good doctor. So that changes the whole, he's not doing it because, uh, you know, I need, he's a glutton and I need to have nice, like you said, thousand, a thousand thread sheets. That's not his point. His point is, I want to do a good surgery. I want to do my job optimally. So therefore, to do my job optimally, I need my thousand, my thousand thread sheets. Two points. Which is a beautiful thing, meaning he's elevating his sleep, not just because he likes to sleep, he, he wants to do his good job as a surgeon. You know, in a certain way, it's a nice, it's a beautiful thing. You understand? Well, he's, it's, but the he's issue is sleeping for the sake of saving lives. Well, okay. Not just sleeping because you know I, I, well, I need to sleep. He's having a steak for the sake so of saving a lives. A steak is better than a ham. A, a kosher hamburger is better than a trafe steak. So now he's saying, I want my train. So you're saying, by taking oh, this so ride in question. the helicopter on Shabbat, I'm saying that I could, do, I could serve God better by eating a trafidic steak so than a right. kosher hamburger. So that's a good question. So you're right. That's yeah. the question. Where do you draw the line? The guy says, listen, in order for me to, I'm in the field now, I need, I need a steak. There's nothing kosher. In order for me to perform surgery, I need it's a beautiful example. So you know, that's, it shows the absurdity where yeah. you draw the line. But you agree, in theory, there's, there's oh, somewhere yes. we draw the line. Yeah, if there was no place for him to sleep, if there was absolutely no place for him to sleep, there wasn't a cot, there wasn't a tent, and it was there was no blind, put something to put over his eyes, and it was sunny 24-7 there. Right, so it's just and a question of where you draw the line. Thing. Right. But there is a kosher hamburger for him to eat as opposed to the trade for steak. Two points. Okay. This thing, uh, my mother-in-law died on last Shabbat and they asked me to officiate the funeral. So we get to the uh, cemetery. I'm starving. I didn't have any breakfast. I wanted to eat something. It just didn't seem appropriate. Everyone was standing around me to be eating in front of me. But I said, you know, I need this to officiate. I've never been a rabbi before. I've never officiated a funeral. So I went hid somewhere no one could see me so that they wouldn't see me eating. <laughs> 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 something like that, you know? Because I felt I would not do a good job. So I read that resonates That's with me. The second point is this is not a minor issue. Medicine 
has been reformed somewhat because of this issue. It was a famous case of Libby Zions who died, and since then, because of her death in the middle of the night, legislation has been passed. This is the New York Hospital. Yes, okay. that residents now cannot stay uh, beyond call for more than 16 hours at a time. It's a concept that if you're tired, you will not function as well. Now that's that a, is that's not, a medical cut. but it's not proven. Has it, no, I it's think it's proven. been discredited. It is, yes, in fact, it, what is proven is, for example, that after a longer shift, you're more likely to get in a car accident driving home than if you were in a long shift. But in terms of the way you function as a doctor, no evidence. It may be because it's not something you can prove or disprove easily, but there's no evidence. But nonetheless, that's what's happened, and particularly for surgeons, it's a disaster because surgeons, you know, surgical disasters pop up at random hours. If you're not able to be there when these things happen, you don't understand the natural history of surgery. Mm -hmm. So this is not just a minor point. There's a guy who's saying, "Look, I'm tired. I won't function as well." Get I don't. I don't know Get a off. resident who's not tired. <laughs> you know, it's just like everybody's dead tired. And, and I mean, can you imagine your resident? You know, I think I'd function better if I could go home and have a good night's sleep. Well, Duh. sure, <laughs> right? Sure, but so uh, I mean, I, I mean, just I'm not as I would not be as lenient towards this as I would be. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Let's see what he says. Let's see what the rabbi says. I know we're, this, this is one of the few times that all three of us are strongly in agreement. Survey says. <laughs> of course, he's not going to agree with you. So let's see. That's because so Ron is there. Right here. Uh, Ron, well, we did this last week. Rabbi would say, gay cock enough and yam. Chuva. You see, chuva. Chuva means answer. It doesn't mean to chuva. It means. You got it there? Yeah, well, I was True. here last week. So. No, it's a different one. This is not the same. We talked about this. A yeah, we discussed it, but it's a different. This is the helicopter question. So he he quotes last week's one. He says, "I go to Bitzal Zalti." Zatel, this Rabbi Bitzal Zalti, Nishal Bedaver was asked this a question, similar question. Rofe Minatech, a surgeon Shuzik Biyom Shabbat. I'm going to read it quickly because we did it last yeah. this part last week. Biyom Shabbat Minatech Cholamisukat, who had to had emergency service uh, surgery on Shabbat. Of a da dangerously ill patient, and the doctor felt upon himself that if he smokes prior to the surgery, he's going to do a better surgery. Is <laughs> it permitted to smoke on Shabbat? And he went back and forth on the issue, and he ruled that it's prohibited for him to smoke. And this is how he explained his ruling. Every puff of the cigarette, Shabbat, Asura, is prohibited, because of the prohibition of kindling on Shabbat. So every, like we said before, every time you take a puff, you're burning up more paper and tobacco, and that each puff is prohibited. It's not just when I light up a cigarette one time. Every single puff is a separate prohibition of kindling. His, his reasoning was, he says, it's hard to ascertain and to measure the amount of puffs that are needed for the surgeon, for the doctor. He's claiming, I need a cigarette in order to do the, the, a good surgery. So how many puffs does he really need? And the concern was that he's going to have to take more puffs, he's going to smoke more than is necessary. And since there's no set amount of uh, how much need there is for how much nicotine does he need in his body in order for him to get that calming effect to do the proper to surgery in this ideal state. We don't uh, break uh, the, the gate of the prohibitions of Torah. Where there's no uh, set amount 
for the amount we're, we're going to have to violate. So meaning if it's an open-ended, we, we can't say someone, you know, just do this open-endedly. If there's a specific thing, this action is needed for, um, to perform, to save someone's life. So we permit that on Shabbat, of course. But he's saying if it's an open-ended thing where we don't know where to stop it, um, he's saying that's what we want to have. We discussed this before. Therefore, he, end quote, he says that rabbi had a hard time permitting to smoke the cigarette. Yeah. Where, and it serves that either Shabbat doesn't exist because of something going on, or just certain rules are suspended. So he's rejecting that Shabbat he, doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't, it's interesting that he doesn't bring that, yeah. that, that into play here. That's a very good point. Because if you know if Shabbat doesn't right. exist, so, work, so have three puffs or six right. puffs. So Shelly is pointing out, we discussed many times in the past, whenever we permit something to save a life, whatever it is, Yom Kippur, eating on Yom Kippur, Shabbat, violating Shabbat, the question that they discuss in the later authorities is, how, what does that mean? Does that mean sh saving a life overrides Shabbat? How do we view it philosophically from the theoretical viewpoint, but it's, it's relevant practically? Do we view it as that we have two prohibitions in the Torah, Shabbat, and, uh, and we have an obligation to save a life. So the obligation to save a life overrides Shabbat. That's one way to view it. Or the other way to view it is, no, God never, meaning we were never commanded to observe Shabbat in the, in the context of, of where something's dangerous, where by observing Shabbat there's a danger to a life. It doesn't exist. Today is Sunday. We view today as Sunday, not as Shabbat. Now what's the difference? Let's say take Yom Kippur. The difference between those two ways of perspectives is is going to be, let's say, Yom Kippur. The doctor says this patient has to eat on Yom Kippur. Does that mean this patient can now it's not Yom, know, Kippur, it's not Yom Kippur today. Today is, is, is a regular day for him. Therefore, he can go and have a steak dinner, he or she, and, you know, have six-course meal. It's not Yom Kippur today. Or do we view it? No. He can do actions which will save his life. So he could only have you know, as much as the doctor says he needs. He's a diabetic. He needs to have X amount of cc's of sugar. More than that, he can't eat. How do we view it? We, we say you can violate Shabbat. Does that mean, like you was saying, I'm, a, I'm an obstetrician, so I can go to the hospital. And once I'm in the hospital, you know, I can watch TV. I can, well, can you give an I, example of that? It's not Shabbat for me. Can you That's give an example where Shabbat becomes a Sunday? Yeah, I'm saying. So, so let's say I'm a doctor. Okay. So I'm going into the hospital. I'm an obstetrician. So now, do I, when, I'm, when I'm delivering this baby, do I have to tell... Do I have to do my job, deliver the baby, but not uh, rip the paper towels off oh, no, no, my gloves and tell the oh, nurse to do it? No. The nurse, you know, I can no, ask no, the nurse no, who's no, not Jewish that. to Isn't do that. that you can do that. You just cannot, you can violate Shabbat and the purposes of, yeah, and the purposes of, yes, you can open up the band. You can yeah, open maybe up I should ask my non-Jewish nurse to no, do that. You can open, Why you should I do that? But you can't decide, oh, I've got to turn on the TV set because right. we're waiting for the anesthesia. Yeah, well, that's totally unrelated. But let's say, meaning how, if today, the Sunday. point is like this, if today is still Shabbat, just we have an override to save a life. So I can only do the actions that are necessary for me to save a life. Right. But opening the, the bandage, I can have my nurse oh, do that. No. I don't need to do that. I need to do the, sur the actual surgery. Everything else, since today is still Shabbat, I shouldn't do it. Meaning, the question is also, let's say, on the way to the hospital, you know, can I turn on the radio, listen to the music, or can I, can I use my blinker? Do I have to be careful? It's still Shabbat, so I'm only allowed to do Probably what's necessary to, to save a life. To prevent yourself from getting in killed Texas, on the way back. No but no, do you need to turn on the radio? Probably not. Um, oh, it's surprising the rabbi didn't bring that in the discussion of how many yeah, so, so, so that's Shabbat's point. It's a very valid point, and yeah, I don't know why he didn't bring that in. That's a good no, point. On a, on a because I, I'm not, the point, I think, the point is I'm not sure... Even on both of those perspectives, you still can't take extra puffs. If I know it's not necessary, 
And still now that I have, you know, Right, but more lenient would be lenient. Well, we yeah, understand yeah. you can't, but, you know, in this case... Right, so, so it is relevant, but... From I a know. practical, from, from, from a, in this world, can you turn on the radio one, the, in the car, on Shabbat, on the way to this delivery? Right, well, that's the and question. No, we don't allow... No, you can't. No, you have you to do whatever you need. Listen, you need to turn on your blinker, like you said, for safety reasons, you're allowed to do that. But anything more than necessary, you know, I see my back windshield is dirty, I want to just... You know, press the spray thing, whatever. Well, I don't know. If you you shouldn't do that. that. I want right. to stop at Starbucks. So <laughs> <laughs> well, if you need that for your surgery. You know, right. during the uh, Yom Kippur War, um, I forgot the guy's name. One of the generals who was in the Golan said, "Look, to his guys, you're going to battle. I want you to eat." They said, "No, no, it's Yom Kippur." He took out some food and started eating. Yeah, so they, he said, "You got to eat. If you're going to the battle, you got to eat." Yeah, that's a real stuff because you need that again. You can't that's how I you. felt officiating at the funeral. I got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> so so let's see. So now so that was question number he say he's quoting from what we learned last week. Gami P um he says Marukhami from my father in law. He's quoting his father in law now, Rana Gun of Yosef Shamal Yashav, um Shlita, Shamati, second paragraph. I heard Shayla had to the rofa. He he prohibits the rofa, the doctor smoking for a different reason. Um, he says, "Why?" But his reason to prohibit it was for a different reason. Who? This gets back to what we say before: the ideal surgeon. You didn't like this. And the ideal surgeon. Like he says, "The people that are addicted to it, it's a great need to smoke." Ubi um, Me'ashoi brings a proof to that. He says, from during the Holocaust, people would actually trade their bread, their ration of food, for a cigarette. That's how important it was to them. So you see that it's not just a you know, nice luxury. It was a necessity for some people. They would trade their piece of bread for a cigarette. Becholzos, he says, all, but all the more so, during an emergency time, which is really what you're saying about, you know, it's last week you didn't like what he's saying, but you really said the same concept, same logic, when you're saying that a, a resident, listen, he gets over it, he needs to do a 36-hour shift, he's going to do it, right? So he's saying the same thing. A real, true doctor, he says, when you're any person, any human being, when they're in a crisis mode, they get over whatever whatever issues they have. they got to get over it. And he says he, they will bring out their potential to actuality, even though normally you can never do such a thing. Like, yes, the case, like the case of a mother lifting the car off her kid. You know, you have all these stories on the internet, you know, showing a video of this little puny woman is lifting the car because her kid's under the tire, right? They, they, they somehow, from their in, inside potential, are able to bring that to actuality when they're in crisis mode. They never had this in their life before. Okay, hey, so in his, in his example, as we said last week, if this surgeon will have to do surgery on his son without the cigarette, right, and then his only child, will he not do it the, the highest level of surgery without the cigarette? Of course he will. So he has the potential, like you're saying, to get over it. So get over it on Shabbat. Yeah. I don't think that's realistic. I, the difference, and I don't think that's the point I was making. If you sign on to be a doctor and you have a residency, part of the job is you are going to function without sleep. That's a given. That is now part of the job. The Shabbat emergency tobacco is an extraordinary circumstance. It's above and beyond. Uh, Which part is above and beyond? The not smoking or the surgery? The smoking. You know, not smoking. Not smoking. Right. It's an emergency. Above and beyond what you signed up for. Exactly. And it's not acknowledging that we're human and we all have a breaking point. You know, every human being can function. I mean, you could, you could operate without sleep for a day, two days, three days, five days, but eventually you're just going to pass out. 
And to say, well, if you were really a good surgeon, you wouldn't pass out is ridiculous. Everybody's got a breaking point. I think this rabbi's really got so, a... So, that's, so now you're changing what you said. Because before you said cigarette is... is you faster be permitted to yes, sleep than would. sleeping. Now you're saying that yeah, sleeping is what the argument is being. Sleeping is something that you're going to pass out of. Yes, but we know, from, we know from human experience that people can stay up for 36 hours and function. We know that from experience. Lots of experience. So this, the tobacco issue, remember, this is a guy. He knows he's addicted to tobacco. He's concerned enough about Shabbat. He's raising the <laughs> question. He's saying, look, I'm fessing up. I can't do it. <laughs> you know, he's telling him to get over it. He's already tried to get over it. And he's saying, I can't. You know, help me out here. Am I, you know, I don't want to violate Shabbat. I don't want to do a bad surgery. I'm screwed. And this patient's screwed. What do I do? I think the rabbi is really being a tough case on this. Okay. It's an extraordinary okay. circumstance. It's not what, it's not, um, I mean, you could make the counter argument. Yes, you did sign up for this because by virtue of being a surgeon, there were going to be emergency on Shabbat. And, you signed up for that. So, I mean, you could make that argument, too. Right, so now for the kicker, I hear you. And you can see he's going to address your points. So the, the other, the rabbi who just prohibited it, he, not this rabbi, the rabbi's quoting his father-in-law, did say, but if the surgeon knows, at the end of the day, and that's the next paragraph, he says, these words are said, by a Jewish surgeon, Hamali Rachman was full of mercy. He's, he's coming to this job, looking at it, saving my, my like the old doctors <laughs> in the days of old, where my job is to save lives, and I'm doing heroic acts every day. You know, he views not as a job, not as a ma making money to, to drive his Mercedes, but as in order for him to uh, to to literally, it's, it's, it's holy. That's holy work. So that guy can't smoke. Get over it. You know, you can do it properly. You know, you can you know get get together all your your kohot, all your strength, and do it without smoking. He says, but if this guy is not that surgeon. He's just some Joe Schmo surgeon who's not, he's doing it because he wants to go on his on his uh, nice vacations every year. That's his point. Says, that guy is a lot of smoke. Because in a situation where he knows he, you're right, he's not going to be able to do the surgery 100% properly. So then, if he, you know, then, and the surgeon has to be trusted himself to make that decision. That's what the rabbi said. He says, he says, uh, if he doesn't feel like he's here, that this person, a life on the table is dependent on him. Then that guy will be permitted to smoke. He says the decision is up to the surgeon himself to know whether he can get over it or he can't get over it. So he's, what he's saying is, you're right, he's agreeing with you. Get over it. But let's say this guy knows he can't get over it, like Shelley's saying. So if this guy knows he can't get over it, he's saying then it's permitted for him to smoke. Which is really and the patient, you're in agreement. So you're not arguing, meaning everyone's in the same page here. He's saying get over it. You're saying he can't if get he over can. it. The rabbi's saying... If you can get over it, get over it. But if it's the guy who knows himself he can't get over it, then you're right, he can't smoke. So he's but, agreeing with you. But not quite, because the argument is here that if he can't get over he's a lesser doctor. I would make the argument... A lesser doctor, a lesser Jew, he's saying. Uh, yes, and I think, I, I think you can make an argument he's a lesser Jew, maybe less of a... Uh, but more of a human being, but not necessarily less a doctor. But I yes, think what I'm hearing is he's less a doctor. He's, saying, he's not saying that. He's, he's saying he's saying less of a Jewish doctor. Because okay. a Jewish doctor needs to view every patient as, I'm committed. I'm 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 here to. This guy's life is dependent on me. I'm here to save. Right, life. but he was. That's my whole he, goal. In life. But the camera. He was already less of a Jewish doctor when he got addicted to cigarettes. And if I said because I because it exposed him to exactly this sort of situation. And if I said I needed to do a line of cocaine. Right. Exactly. 
Would that everyone say, well, exactly. if he smokes, I could do a he line of cocaine. <laughs> I think that's exactly the argument. He is Eric less of a Schiff. Jewish doctor. Yeah. He was less of a so Jewish doctor if he started smoking. That could be. Case. But now he's in the situation. Now, Sad, you're now telling your patient, you're a doctor. Mm-hmm. Not such a wonderful Jew. What? <laughs> my doctor? The guy's could save my life? Yeah, but saying what being Jewish and the doctor, he's saying, and I'm, meaning my skills in surgery well, are not necessarily, well, he's saying maybe they are, dependent on how, what my ideals are in medicine. Meaning, does, and this is a fascinating question, does your philosophical outlook on life help or, or negate your skills in medicine? That's the question here. Meaning he's exactly. saying, the ideal do- Jewish doctor is someone who views every patient as his life depends on me, therefore it's a crisis situation when I'm walking to that surgery room, which, which we said last week might not be such a good thing, right. actually, when it comes to surgery. If, you view, if you're always in crisis mode, then you have a pain. So is that a good thing or not? I'm not sure. Two points. One, the point is to shuva may be to let doctors know they shouldn't smoke, I mean, which, in, in which case it's a value. The second, the way I got interested in Jewish medical ethics, I was at um, a Western retreat with uh, Yitz Greenberg, who was talking about the third Jewish commonwealth, the founding of the state of Israel. And in passing, he said, for example, a doctor who knew his Judaism would behave differently than one who did not. I went up to him and I said, that's ridiculous. <laughs> this was, I was young then. Now you believe it. And I, he said, you know, basically gave him the Hillel thing, yeah, really, uh, do one to others, go study. And that's what, how I got sore because of that one comment. Right, uh, now that's you what believe that is true. Oh, I definitely believe it's true. Right. And that do may be really, the point of the shuva. That your Judaism helps the way you practice, changes the way you practice medicine. Absolutely. You know, sure. so. In fact, in this co- I'm starting teaching a course at Rice. I just started yesterday. The course is divided, it's called Healing by Killing Medicine after the Third Reich. It's divided into three parts. Uh, medicine in Nazi Germany, medicine in America, yeah, yeah. I will. and then the third part is bioethics and having Rabbi Grossman come in there and a secular bioethicist and that's going to be the essence of the last third of the course which is does being religious, in this case as being Jewish and a physician, change the way you view the practice of medicine. Now I, I haven't said that to the students yet but it's going to be obvious, that's the setup. Well, Same it's, thing it's, happens if you're a teacher. I got fired because my ethics won't allow me yeah, to do something but it wasn't 100%. ethically morally correct it's, it's and, and, and so so you better make the case that being a well, Jew helps this is a perfect example yeah. it, it's getting much harder religious background you're correct the practice of medicine is getting much harder, much like our case from last year with the fellas, the, the doctor that the, at the indigent clinic in Israel thought he couldn't do a good job and being on the clock in five minutes. And the echocardiogram and the... Yeah, uh, yes. So, so let's see. And, uh, well, let's say, and the answer is... Like they're running out of time, so we got to get to the helicopter, the sleeping case. So now, he, what he, now he's going to take those two opinions that he said and now apply them to the sleeping. He says, um, oh, so now, sorry, third paragraph. Al, you ready? Yeah. And he answered, oh, ulam nira, third paragraph. He says, in our situation, shemutar, he's saying our situation is different with this guy who wants his own bed. I believe, he's saying, not me, he's talking, I believe that it's m- permitted for him to fly the guy home to his, hu- to his bed to his house, in order for him to sleep as rest. Even though the cigarette, he's saying the opposite of you, the cigarette would be prohibited 
um, for most cases, but the sleeping would be permitted. Why? Kishnea timeline analysis, both of the logics of the previous, both of the reasons given by the two previous rabbis, lesser ishan a cigar, to prohibit the smoking of a cigarette, lo shaychem in are not applicable to the case of where he needs to sleep. Why? He says, atam shor of zelti. So let's take the first logic, um, the, the, the reason of Rabbi Zolti is not applicable to our case. The Davka Besigariot says, what was the first logic that we can't measure the puffs that he needs in order to perform properly? Right? So he's saying that, that, and therefore we can't permit any puffs because he might overpuff. Okay? So he says, Yeshvar Shalok Kal Shifa, right? His logic was not every puff is necessary to save a life. So therefore, where do we draw the line? Mashankin Khan. But he says, here, I feel Marofa Yishan Yosimatar. You know, the guy ends up sleeping 12 hours more than he needs, right? That's not the violation. The violation. No violation. The helicopter flying. That's the violation. Yeah, but he's saying, so he, we all, he's going to explain. The Cholachil Shabbat, who Bishvil Shayuchal Yishan Amitasa. He says, the violation of Shabbat is to get him. To his bed that he needs to sleep in. That everyone agrees is a, is, is a big need for that. Right? He's saying, as far as applying, meaning there's no extra violation, there's no uh, that might come out of it. When you're giving someone permission to smoke a cigarette, he said, there's some line that once he passes that line, he's now violating Shabbat, but he doesn't need that for his surgery because we can't measure how many puffs. He says, with the sleeping, you're right, we don't know how much sleep he needs, maybe, but. The violation isn't just flying him home. That he needs. So he's saying it's a measured every, violation. Every, There's no unlimited violation. Yes, there is. Every time you start and stop it, every time you use a radio, all those things are violations. No, what he's saying is it's, it's to get into his bed, we're agreeing he needs that for the surgery. Let's assume. Let's give him that. So he's saying, but that's so. We're so not, now we need to get into bed. The question is, will he oversleep? Will he sleep 12 hours instead of 8 hours? That part is irrelevant because he's not violating Shabbat anymore yeah, by I extra sleep. I understand that's what he's saying. That's his I don't that agree with him. I understand what he's saying. But one, why Shabbat? Why can't Tuesday night? Again, because the, the that's scenario the question. was, in Yiddish there's an expression, that means you can only ask a question on the story. The story was it was Friday night, that's, and he okay. was stuck like in the if base. If you count a horse's tail as a night. leg, how many legs does it have? You, know, you can do whatever you want. Right. Yeah, the story <laughs> is, it's Friday he night. It was Friday night. He needs to sleep to get back to the. Okay. To, to All right. So tomorrow. what's next? So that's okay, ridiculous. So that's one. So then he says the next. Now what about the second part? The, the rebel Yashiv prohibited because he said, listen, everyone has the potential to get over it. If he's doing surgery on his son, he clearly wouldn't need a, need a cigarette. He wouldn't use. He not even need it. He wouldn't. He would be able to do the ideal surgery without a cigarette. If he's doing surgery on his mother-in-law, he needs a cigarette. Okay. We so, don't know that to be the case. He's making a big assumption that he wouldn't need it for his son. But yeah, but he's saying he'll get over it and he'll be able to do it. Okay, that's his his point. So he right. says, "Ula um, to the logic of my father-in-law, Adam Shaykh has been in vain. It was not applicable in the case of of uh, sleeping. Why? The daf when it comes to smoking." Specifically, Yesh Tzvar Lomer, there's logic to stay. Shem Gaber al Kishosov, he'll overcome his uh, his addictions and his needs. Hu Yachon he can get over it and, and do the surgery even without a cigarette. Ach Beshina, Shut Hamiti Ladam. He's saying sleeping is a need that everyone agrees. It's not just some uh, whim of I feel like I need to, to, you know, I need a jacuzzi before I go to do surgery. It's not just some whim of a person. He, he, everyone agrees, sleep is something that's necessary to function. Nishba, he says, actually quotes a Gemara that says a famous Gemara. It says someone swears not to sleep for three days. Malkin also, you give him lashes because it's impossible. Uh, Vishen Lalter, 
Right, the Gemara Nadarim says, A person, a human being cannot function, cannot, it's impossible for any human being not to sleep for more than, for three nights in a row. It's impossible. One night, you can function, and you'll still be alive. Second night, but after three nights, like you said, you're going to collapse. After three nights of no sleep, he says, that's a fact. And he says, therefore, therefore, he says, it makes sense that he'll be permitted to fly into his house, that he can sleep properly. Okay, that's, so that's him. But, so that, that was his reasoning, this rabbi said. Therefore, he says it's actually more lenient than the cigarette. The opposite of what you say. Ulam, he says, but when I spoke to my father-in-law about it, <laughs> so he says, Kishayat Seisi, Advarim Lufnei Moravi Chalmi Maran Agon Rav Yashav, Shalom Yosef, Shalom Yashav Shlita. When I posed, when I told him my logic to my father-in-law, who was a big, his father-in-law was basically the biggest uh, Allah Qatari in Israel at the time. Just his luck. B'dochei Hitter Adavar. He was not so uh, happy about it, and he very he says very begrudgingly permitted it. He said, "Shaladaito nira." He says, according to what he it seems to him, like you said, someone everyone we all said that he can sleep in a protected place. where he is in the middle of the field, they can find him a, 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 some hut where he won't be bothered, and I'll give him a good bed. Get him, get him his thousand sheet, uh, you know, thing here, his down pillow. He doesn't have to violate Shabbat. Rak, But if the doctor is stubborn, the there's no way he can do it. He can't fall asleep. He just can't. He tried. He can't fall asleep in the field. He, they gave him every, you know, they got him his down pillow. It still doesn't work. Earplugs. In that case, when the doctor says he literally can't fall asleep, so that will, will permit him to fly home. But otherwise, he says you know, he he so was. So his logic is consistent. He's saying, "Look, you should be able to get over, it, but right. if you can't, if I you're stuck, right, you can't get over it to them." So he's, then he finishes off. Um, interesting story, uh, and I'm not sure of the connection, but I'll read it to you quickly. Listen to the story. He said like this, he heard from Nissan Karelis that they, they said over a story in the name of the Chazanish, I'll tell it to you outside, uh, um, that happened to Rebarch Ber Levavitz. Rebarch Ber Levavitz was a Rosh Hashiva in Europe, in, in Kamenitz, in a town in Lithuania. It's a famous uh, big scholar prior to World War II. Um, before he was appointed to rabbi the city there, in the city of Kamenitz, he went to ask from his rabbi, who was the uh, Chaim of Brisk, he, going, he says there's times that questions will arise in Pikuach Nefesh. He going, as Mikra, a situation, an old man, he doesn't have a place to live. Interesting question. He says there was an old person, this is very relevant today, fascinating that it's more relevant today probably than in his times, that uh, you have an older person, a senior, who, can't, who after a while he can't take care of himself. The only place he has to live that will take him in is his children? Is before they had uh, senior living, assisted living. So his children, but his children are not religious. So he's going to have to eat not kosher in the house and all that. But his question is, he can't survive on his own. Is he allowed to move into his children's house where he's not going to be able to be fully observant and keep kosher laws, Shabbat laws, etc.? That was the question that he, that this rabbi posed in pre-war Europe, posed to his rabbi. Um, he's going to live with his children that are not, they're not observant. Um, can he live with those children? Okay, and the rabbi answered him, he said it depends on the level of danger to his life. Meaning, obviously if the guy just, okay, you know, he'll, uh, you know, living alone, right. And if it's a serious situation, meaning you have to judge how, how 
dangerous situations. If it's just the person needs someone to, you know, to shower him, okay, so, you know, he can bring someone into the house. But if he needs constant care, and, and if he doesn't have the constant care, he, so, you know, he's, he could die. So then, of course, you permit it. So it's depending on the situation. It's up to the individual rabbi to make that decision. So, so he's applying that here. He says, In our situation also, and this doctor, he has to decide in his situation, if he really cannot function without sleeping in his home. Again, he's, he's applying that same. Every situation needs to be judged based on the level of surgery, what type of surgery he's doing, and how different the surgery will be if he has a cigarette or his okay. his bed. So, if he's in that situation, that he literally can't do it, will be permitted. So I shouldn't look at this colleague of mine and as, a, as, a col- as a surgical colleague. I shouldn't look at him with a drawn eye and say, get over himself. Only if he's a religious church, you should. <laughs> okay. I, I, I shouldn't look at him as, uh, you no, know, so and say, get over you should. He really should get over it, but let's say the guy can't get over it. We could all say, Let's say the guy can't get over it. He, you know, you ha- listen. There are different temperaments All in the right. people, even so, in doctors. So now we different can temperaments say, okay, that you have. have you always had one guy in your class in medical school or in the residency so program. Who this guy was? We could he say, couldn't de- deal with it. Okay, Someone ended up dropping out. Yeah, I, I recall. Yes. This so you always had one guy who ended up dropping out. This right. highlights okay. also so the difference between that's the guy we're talking ethics about. and secular medical ethics. You know, secular medical basically is four big principles: autonomy, beneficence, non-maleficence and justice. In Judaism there's thousands of principles. Judaism is a case-by-case analysis because every case is different. This case is different than, you know, one guy can say, all right, I'll manage, give me a drug, I'll sleep. Another one says, I can't. So I I think really in your class and just in general, this is one of the beauties of Judaism. They say, they acknowledge every human being is different, every case is different. So you have to have... Right, you have to take a casuistic approach. Objective. Yeah, case-by-case approach, not apply four principles to everybody. It's a very important difference between secular medical ethics and Jewish medical ethics, which I'm sure you'll Make. Yes. So, so right. So no, it's, very, it's a beautiful like, thing. And we're saying we trust the physician. I'm not sure we should, but we trust the physician to to know, to be objective with himself, and know really. Do I really need my bed? Do I really need my thousand sheet knowing, thread sheet? Knowing what's at stake. Right. He's an knowledgeable Jew. He now knows what's right. at so stake. So that observant physician yeah, right, on the Shabbat is is obviously he's asking the question. We're saying, listen, we 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 can all we can't permit it to you, general, like you're saying. It has to be. You have to make a decision based on your abilities based on your needs and you have to be objective it's not an easy decision for for someone to be objective with no you have been listening to the mp3 project from the jewish ethic institute for a complete selection of our lectures please visit our website at j-ethics.org shalom Thank you.